Talk to my friend Drew. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As Drew Die Allen. Conservative. I'm to this guy for wisdom. Well, the Democratic Party, they're, they're calling for Joe Biden to secure the border immediately. That's right. They, they, an illegal alien killed some other illegals in Texas, and the Democrats are calling for closing the border, securing it eventual, uh, immediately. Do I have that right, Captain? Right? Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. They're not doing that. Okay. Well, they're going after the AR-15 again, of course. Right. When, so when you have a murder... With an AR-15, the Democrats say we have to ban AR-15s because if we ban AR-15s, there can't be any more murders with AR-15s. So I just logically assume that because an illegal alien who's been deported five times committed a murder, then perhaps logically the Democrats would call for not only securing the border, but deporting all illegals and banning them because why, Captain? Right? No AR-15s. No murders with AR-15s. No illegal aliens. No murders by illegal aliens. Am I missing something? But, but they're not calling for that. I got it wrong, huh? That's, that's not how it's going? Okay. Makes perfect sense, given that it's the Democratic Party. Now, I knew this guy, this reprobate, was an illegal alien immediately. You know how I knew it? Because the media was calling him a Mexican national and was trying to say that they... They, uh, they, they couldn't ascertain right now his status. They wouldn't refer to, I knew it from the beginning. I got, I mean, look, I know none of you are on Twitter because it's just a stupid place to be that I happen to be on. But I, I, I mean, well, I didn't really get massacred because I got an army of people that support me too on there. But, but, but the libs were coming after me like crazy because I pointed out immediately. I said, this guy is an, actually, you know what it was? I, I mean, this is entertaining. I hope this isn't boring to you all listening, but I forget some prominent Democrat out there that has some, you know, a bunch of bots and paid influencer by the Democratic Party. Well, he 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 was going after the AR-15s as soon as the story broke. And I commented on his post and I just said, you know, yeah, an illegal alien just murdered five people. And they just can't because you're not supposed to say that. You, you're not. That destroys the narrative. You're not allowed to tell the truth. And you've just got these buffoons in the media, absolute buffoons. And I'll get to those clips in a minute, but, but, but let's just go through this again. I mean, I feel like, I mean, here we go again, right? I mean, uh, another shooting and it's the same thing every single time, ignoring the actual problem. No root cause adjusted. Yeah, four. I heard five. Captain, Captain's telling me I support him four times. Four times, five times. Well, okay. Well, so, so this guy, this this whack job, we don't know anything. About, and by the way, let me point this out. There have been over 7 million illegals who have entered this country, invaded this country since Biden came into office. Over 7 million. How many are like this guy? Do we know? And you know what? The argument from the Democrats with anything when it suits them is if it saves one life. Is that not what they always say? Look, we got to ban AR-15s because if it saves one child's life, it's worth it. Well, okay, let's secure the border, huh? How many lives can we save if we secure the border? And they act like every time, every one of these 7 million people who are coming to this country, it's just a mom and pop looking for an opportunity good people. They're all really good, decent people. They're just looking to get away from their hellhole that they live in. And they just want to take part in the American dream. And who are we to deny them that? And now we have another example of someone who is a violent criminal that again, we don't know anything about except that he is an illegal who just killed other illegals, by the way. And you're not supposed to point that out either. I mean, when you have a white guy who they can, even if they have to lie about it, try and say he's some kind of MAGA guy, which has never happened. There has not been a single mass shooting committed by some MAGA guy, just so you know. 
We got LGBTQ plus people out there committing mass shootings. We've got other mentally ill people committing shootings who have all the markings of Democrats, but no MAGA ones. And yet somehow the Democrats and the media want to lead you and everyone else to believe that MAGA is the greatest threat to democracy. And stick with me. After we get through this story, we've got to hit the Supreme Court. I've never seen anything like this in my life. Forget the assault rifles. I'm concerned with the assault on the judicial system, the separation of powers. It's it's unbelievable, this coordinated attack to delegitimize the Supreme Court. It's insane. It's so dangerous. But anyway, it was just so obvious to me that this wasn't illegal. They reported early on that this reprobate, yeah, pull up his photo, Captain, for those watching. This reprobate, he had a consular ID. Amazing about how ignorant the left is. So I point because he had a consular ID. And the left, they were out there saying, Oh, well, he had a consular ID. That's a a U.S. identification card. This is how stupid they are. You can Google this. That's a Mexican ID. It has no legitimacy in the U.S. in terms of residency or anything else. It's like the guy came over with a Mexican passport. And they're saying, you know, they they use the word Mexican national, consular ID, everything they could to try and hide. The fact, what they did with this guy, as a matter of fact, it's the same thing they did. I mean, we still have not gotten the manifesto from that Nashville trans shooter. It's too dangerous. It lays out a blueprint for, I don't know, mass cat. What, what is, it? is it marching orders? Is it, is it like a signed document? Was this person the leader of some trans movement out there that we don't know about? The David Koresh of the trans movement? And they gave marching orders to, to the rest of the trans community. Pick up your AR-15s and go annihilate, kill uh, Christian kids. I mean, I, I, I can't. I mean, I understand you can make some kind of argument that, oh, I mean, OK, well, it's a little dangerous. to. I, I, why, though? Who, who are they really protecting is my question. Are they really protecting us by keeping this manifesto hidden from us? Or are they protecting the Democratic Party and their agenda and the quote unquote trans community? So anyway, I'll explain a little bit about this deportation stuff in a minute. I mean, it happened so many times, five, I think, again. But cue up cut one, Captain. I just want you to hear this absolute buffoon. This is a state senator in Texas, Roland Gutierrez. And I don't know why every single person that's a Gutierrez seems to be some radical leftist idiot. It's true. It's true. Every time I encounter Gutierrez, and I'm sorry, I'm not offending all the Gutierrez's out there. You understand. But I'm there are a lot of prominent Gutierrez's out there who are, who are Democrat reprobates and liars and frauds like this guy. Now, this is the greatest cell phone I've ever seen in my life on MSNBC. An absolute makes a buffoon of himself. Go ahead and play cut one, Captain. Go. They don't get to have an immigration narrative today. They don't get to own that at all. They need to own the narrative that they have made this state more dangerous because it is exactly that. An undocumented person was able to buy an AR-15 illegally somewhere because of their lax gun laws. Did you just hear this guy? So an illegal alien, according to this guy, That's the first crime, right? Shouldn't be here. An illegal alien illegally acquired an AR-15 and carried out another illegal crime, which is murder. So which mythical law were the Republicans supposed to pass that makes them responsible for this? So he's not supposed to be here. He's not supposed to have an AR-15. And he's not supposed to kill people because all those are crimes. So you've got three strikes, and this guy Gutierrez is trying to say that somehow Republicans' lack of legislation doesn't address this? What a buffoon. Am I, am I right, Captain? When I'm right, I'm right. Now, cue up to cut two. The, 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 the 
the shallowness of the Democratic Party and their inability to actually make coherent arguments. It's so embarrassing. It's so humiliating. All they have is it's Republicans' fault. And by the way, the Democratic Party, essentially what they do is they walk through the forest, which is the United States. They just set things on fire and they move on and start a new fire while they sit there and accuse the Republicans of having lit something on fire. That's the arsonist strategy, I call it, of the Democratic Party. This is what they do. So this is Republicans' fault too now. Play a cut two so this buffoon can continue to buffoon himself. Children, the Republican Party is responsible for everything that is happening here. The loss of young life, the loss of life, the increase in crime. More guns does not equal less crime. I'm sorry, Republicans. Are... This guy was an illegal alien, shouldn't have been here. So where are the calls to secure the border? I- I'm very serious. I was kind of joking at the beginning of the show, but I'm very serious. Where are the calls to secure the border? Why aren't they securing the border? Cue up cut eight, Captain. This is not hyperbole. Under the Biden administration, we have the worst illegal immigration crisis in American history. The worst in history. That is a fact. Everyone knows this. And yet this is mop head Kareem Jean-Pierre. Uh, I think today. Go ahead and play it, Captain. This is her. He has tools that he's used to to make sure that we do this. We actually deal with the immigration system in a humane way uh, and in a in a way that is uh, uh, that actually deals with what we're seeing at the border. And that's why you've seen the parolee program be so successful. Uh, It has it has um, it has uh, uh, when it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down uh, by more than 90 percent. And that's because of this act, the actions that this president has taken. Well, we don't have a border crisis, apparently. 85,000 kids missing, Captain. Is that right? We just don't know where they are. Maybe we should look at the the flight logs uh, from the Biden administration. I mean, this is insane. I, I, I just... This has been going on for a long time in terms of the lies from this administration. But it's just gotten to a point where it's, it's, it's literally insane. There's no truth to what they say at all. And they still stand there in front of the quote-unquote press corps and they make claims like this. Cue up one more for me, Captain. Cue up cut five. This is Mayorkas. Now, I mean, that these people haven't been impeached or fired, that they're not out of a job right now, is beyond me. Mayorkas is the Secretary of Homeland Security and... Here he is when he's asked on NBC about if the border's secure. Play it, Captain. What's uh, the definition of secure border to you? It is, in the context uh, in which we are working, it is maximizing the resources that we have available to us to deliver the most effective results. What? So basically, we have a secure border because Mayorkas says so. There are no standards. There's no truth. There's no facts anymore. It's just incredible. And they can't find this guy. I'm sure he went back to Mexico. I'm sure he's already in Mexico. But I just want to give you an idea of how broken our country is. And this guy really, this story represents it. And it is amazing to me. The, the, an illegal alien killed other illegal aliens in Texas. That's what happened here. That's what happened here. And again, I am not minimizing what happened to that family. It's, it's horrific. But the point is, here we have an easily understandable so, Solution. I mean, if the guy wasn't in the country because he shouldn't have been in the country, and not only that, but he's been deported five times apparently, we have a significant problem in the country. And amidst all the problems we have in this this nation, it is hard to pick which one is the worst. 
Maybe none of them are the worst, because in the aggregate, they're all just destroying the country, but this 7 million invaders under this administration, where are they? How do you undo it? We're losing our country, and having added 7 million illegals to the U.S. in just two and a half years or so, that is drastically changing America. And of course, they're doing it intentionally because the argument will be, well, they've been here two years. They've been here three years. They have kids here now. We can't deport these people. We just need to grant them amnesty. Seven million people. Unbelievable. There's no city in the United States that has seven million people that live in it. That's bigger than New York City, the population. And that number of people have come to this country illegally. They don't speak our language. They don't have anything in common with our culture. We don't know who they are. They came here for welfare. This is how you destroy a country, an open border like this. And no country on the planet would tolerate this. And we are doing it to ourselves. And many Democrats are cheering it on. I'm talking about the voters out there. And just wait till you wake up one day and you start looking around and nobody speaks English around you anymore. Crazy. Uh, Pull up that photo, Captain. So this is happening in Texas. Governor Abbott... He put out a statement about this because they don't know where this individual is. And the statement says, you know, Abbott today announced a $50,000 reward for a Texas Department of Public Safety top 10 fugitive who was in the country illegally and killed five illegal immigrants in a shooting Friday night in Cleveland, Texas. Here's what Abbott said in his release. Our hearts go out to the families and loved ones of the five victims that were taken in this senseless act of violence. I continue working with state and local officials to ensure they have all available resources to respond to this horrific crime. I thank the men and women in law enforcement who are tirelessly working to ensure this criminal is caught and brought to justice. So anyway, there's his statement. Pull it down, Captain. Now, I I want you to hear... What is this? Uh, Morning Joe. So here's Morning Joe, the morning morning ho who hoes himself out to the Democratic Party. He had a panel on. I will cut this one short, Captain, but go ahead and play cut three, because like, like I'm telling you or have been saying, you're not allowed to point out that this is an illegal alien who committed this heinous act of violence. You're just not allowed to. If you say that, you're a racist. Now, if a white guy does this, they'll call him out all day long. White people, white people, white people. And they do this, right? I mean, MAGA, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no problem with that. But pointing out this is, is, a, is not allowed, verboten. Play the cut, Captain. Go. That he had felt the need to say these were five illegal immigrants. Think about the mentality, the insensitivity, rather than talking about this family that was caring for their children, a nine-year-old boy, instead of the basic humanity, he felt the need to label them in the most divisive way that he can, because we know what the politics of Greg Abbott are. We know what the politics of Texas Republicans are. So... It wasn't in the statement that I read. It was in a tweet. Greg Abbott, Governor Abbott, put out a tweet announcing the $50,000 reward for those who could find the criminal who killed five illegals. That's called journalism. You're reporting the facts. And these are the racists pointing out that illegals were killed. Why is that? Why is that a problem? It's relevant information. And honestly, why were any of them here? Why were the illegal Hondurans here? Why was the illegal alien who killed them here? Why was nothing done? 
I mean, obviously they knew who this guy was, is my point. And here's the thing. Texas doesn't have the ability to deport. This, this, is, this is the whole problem we have in the country anyway. It's about what the legality is with regard to what weapons these border states have at their disposal. Because the federal government isn't permitting them to secure the border. And honestly, long ago, I would have deployed the National Guard. I don't care. It's worth going to war with the federal government over this. Your duty as a governor is to protect your state. And really, the constitutionality of it, the federal government's not supposed to have all this power anyway. The federal government can't say, oh, we're going to open up the border and ruin your state, and the governor's just powerless because the president is saying, okay, we're going to do this to you. These are the kinds of things we need to be doing, even if it forces it to go to the Supreme Court to set the precedent. And nobody has the the stomach in these states to do the right thing because they're all scared. They don't like being attacked. More on that later. So this illegal who killed five neighbor, neighbors execution style Friday night. He's been deported from the country five times. That's what a source from ICE told Fox News. His last deportation was in 2016. I mean, I, 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 do you know how hard it is to get somebody deported in this country? The fact that this guy got deported five times tells you this guy was a bad dude. He was a bad hombre, if you will. So he he had to have done horrendous things prior to even get deported. So a lot of these deportations, obviously, they would have happened under the Obama administration, even when the government didn't want to deport anybody. And the final time he was deported, obviously, I said 2016, that's during the Trump administration. And we don't know when he came back. He could have come back under the Trump administration or he could have come back under the Biden administration. But clearly he's come and gone without any issue. And, you know, he slipped away, slipped away. I mean, it was this guy in the cartel. What was it? What was I mean, the idea that somebody would be shooting an AR-15 into the air in a neighborhood. And then when somebody comes over that has babies in the house or whatever, I think there were 10 of these Hondurans living together or whatever, but they come over and tell them to shut up. Although I'm sure they didn't say shut up. They probably said, please, you know, we have a baby. Stop firing. I mean, this is insane. Stop firing your AR-15 into the air in the middle of the night. You drunk, illegal. And then he went into the house and systematically started killing people. This is one of those good guys that are coming across the border to help our country. How do we benefit from having this person in our country? We'll take your sick and your poor and whatever else they, they all say about the Statue of Liberty, which, you, whatever, it had nothing to do with our actual immigration. It was some poet that stuck it on a thing after the fact. Give us your sick, your tired, your poor. Well, apparently our motto and the Democratic Party's motto is give us your murderers, your cartel thugs. Give us the worst that you have to offer so that we can have them kill illegals that are here in our country and American children and so on and so forth. I mean, I just... I can't believe it. I can't... I honestly, I'm just kind of speechless over this whole situation. So now you've heard... The media's response to pointing out that this person is an illegal alien, to trying to being interested in the actual facts of what happened here and pointing out the obvious that had this person not been here and we had a secure border, there wouldn't have been this murder that took place. Now, after the Colorado shooting in which a uh, Democrat shot up in a gay nightclub, I say he's a Democrat because he... uh, what did he say, Captain? He, 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 pronouns, or he was, he was, he was non-binary. He associated himself as non-binary, which means he's not one of us because we don't talk that way and we don't believe in that nonsense. But anyway, after that happened, 
You had the former FBI assistant director of counterintelligence go on. We'll see in a second. I think it might've been CNN. And I want you to hear him comment in the immediate aftermath of that mass shooting. Go ahead and play cut four, Captain. Oh, and then the theory is if you're fearful enough, you're not going to push back. But what we need to see happening is the exact opposite. We, we need to see accountability and consequences. So first, a real quick hate crime charge here on top of the homicide charges. I applaud that. That tells me prosecutors and police, they found quickly what they needed. That means they know this was a biased crime. This is likely, and since we've heard reports that the subject isn't cooperating with police, that means they likely found clear and convincing evidence on his devices. If he's a consumer of the people we just rattled off, from Lauren Boebert to Tucker Carlson, let's get it out. Let's get it out at trial. Let's expose it for what it is, name it and shame it. He's a consumer of these people, and those people should should face civil consequences from the victims. Um, Our FBI is a garbage organization. Every time one of these guys comes out, they're a hardcore radical leftist. Now think about this. We know for a fact that this person was an illegal and murdered these people. And they say you can't point that out because you're a racist. Or the next thing they'll say is illegals are under attack in America by MAGA people. MAGA people are hunting down illegals now with AR-15s because of pointing out that this was an illegal. I mean, that's where they'll go with this. That's what they say about us. And you have the FBI assistant director, former assistant director of counterintelligence saying, without any evidence, we need to look through these guys' records because I hope he watches Fox News. I hope we can tie him to MAGA so we can just, you see, I mean, with no facts. And it turned out this wasn't some Fox News watcher. But they're hoping and saying we need to find a connection to Laura Ingram, Tucker Carlson, Lauren Boebert, so that we can use this to destroy them. But here, this guy's an illegal alien and they don't have any interest whatsoever. The media's not interested in finding out how he got here. They're not interested in finding out how he got this AR-15 illegally. They're not interested in anything except to say that he used an AR-15. And now it's gun time on the Drew Allen Show. Time to dispel the stupidity of the gun argument for the 662nd time of doing this show. But I've got new listeners every time. And it's always worth repeating. And it's always a good time for me. Because we're going to expose these fraudulent Democrats and gun-grabbing advocates who despise the Constitution and don't have two brain cells to rub together amongst the millions of them. All right. Let's play a game. How many people are murdered with AR-15s? Don't you think that's a relevant question? Every time there's a murder with an AR-15, the media goes after the AR-15. We have to get the AR-15s. Well, let's just use a decade here to examine. Let's look between 2007 and 2017. Nearly 1,700 people were murdered with a knife or sharp object per year. Right? Okay, so for 10 years, 2007 through 2017... Nearly 2,000 people were murdered each year with a knife or sharp object. An assault knife, if you will. Assault knives out there are very dangerous. Now, let's just talk about generic rifles. In any given year, all right, for every person murdered with a rifle, there are 15 murdered with handguns. For every person murdered with a rifle, there are 1.7 murdered with hands or fists. For every person murdered with a rifle, 
there are 1.2 people murdered with blunt instruments. You know, like a hammer? Do you understand what I just pointed out there? There are more murders each year with knives, with fists and hands, with blunt instruments than there are with rifles. Now, that's all rifles. So if you just look at AR-15s, guess what happens? It's minuscule. So this is according to a New York Times analysis, okay? Okay, Kenny? Living in Kennyville? Kenny Land out there? He's my resident lib. He likes to troll the program, so I'm working on something, you know. He can be a participant in some way in the show for eternity as long as I do this show. He's my uh my Rio Linda, if you will. So I'm not quoting Fox News. This is not a Tucker Carlson talking point, Kenny. This is a New York Times analysis. The paper of record. So since 2007, at least 173 people have been killed in mass shootings in the United States involving AR-15s. That's in 10 years. Let me repeat that in a different way. In 10 years, over a, a, over a span of a decade, there were 173 people killed with AR-15s. That's an average of, hold on, if you're a lib out there, do the math for me. Ten, a decade is 10 years, right? Okay. 173 people killed over 10 years with AR-15s. What is that on average each year? Do, 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 do. Need the Jeopardy song playing. That's 17 homicides per year. There's, there's an average of 13,657 homicides per year over that 10-year period. And 173 are with AR-15s. And you want to go out for the AR-15s. This is why I say they're totally disingenuous. And this is why people need to fortify their minds against this faux rational talk by the gun grabbers. Because, and I'll make this point like I've made a few times on here. This is for the new people to the Drew Allen show. Remember 15 days to slow the spread? So reasonable, right? Just give up your liberty for 15 days because we're just going to slow the spread. Just 15 days is all we ask. Don't go to work. Don't leave your home. Do exactly what we say. And after 15 days, you know, two weeks, that's reasonable. And then everything's going to go back to normal. We just need to do it for 15 days. And almost every American universally said, okay, that's reasonable. And then what happened, everybody? What happened? Did we get back our liberty after 15 days? No. It went on for like two years in the communist state of California where I live. It was a ruse. And this is how it always works. They convince you to give them something, to compromise. They present it in the most reasonable fashion so that you say yes. And once they get that... That's all they need. The foot's in the door and they break it down and your freedom's gone forever. That's what the AR-15 represents. The AR-15 grab is the 15 days to slow the spread because there are 13,657 homicides per year on average in that 10-year period and 173 of those homicides were with AR-15s. So if you really wanted to stop murder, what gun would you go after? You'd go after handguns. Or you'd go after hands. Or you'd make it illegal to use your hands and fists to kill some. Wait a second. That is a law, isn't it? You can't kill. So do you understand my point here? The AR-15, they build up intentionally in the media to make it this big, scary thing. To get everyone to buy in and say, hey, we don't need that gun. It's a big, scary gun. And they come up with all their stupid talking points about hunting deer, wearing Kevlar vests, and so on and so forth. You don't need them. When what they really want is all the guns. 
because it makes no sense. If you're a Democrat out there or an anti-Second Amendment person and you think guns are so scary and dangerous, AR-15 should be the least of your concern because they're almost never used to kill people in comparison to everything else. Where are your calls to ban knives? Oh, we use those to cut our stakes. We can't do that. Really? Well, I use my gun for self-defense. How about that? So don't let them bamboozle you. The AR-15 is just a way to get their foot in the door. And once they do that, they'll say, well, look, we've got these other guns that are killing people too. We can't stop there. So anyway, if you're a gun-grabbing lib, you're a moron. At least come out and be honest. Screw the AR-15. If you care about children and you want to stop death and whatever else with guns, call for a ban on handguns because they are killing far more people. AR-15 is not going to do anything. So actually, you show, if you, if you really want to protect kids and you think guns are the problem, you are demonstrating that you're a very stupid person, in fact, by going after AR-15s. Why would you go after the least lethal gun in terms of killing people? It makes no sense. You show that you're stupid. We got, you know, 13,000 deaths with handguns and we got 173 by AR-15s. We want to stop murder. Let's go after the AR-15. Stupid people. All right. More stupid people. Talk. I got an article from CNN. March 8th, 2023. Here's the headline. Not touching Social Security could lead to 20% benefit cut within a decade. CNN. March 8th, 2023. Let me read a little. President Joe Biden and House Republicans have promised not to touch Social Security in their battle over cutting spending to address the nation's debt ceiling crisis. Tens of millions of senior citizens and other recipients could see their benefits slashed by at least 20% within a decade. The latest Congressional Budget Office projection found that Social Security's retirement trust fund would be exhausted by 2032. My point is, everyone understands that not touching Social Security is going to be bad for everyone. It needs reform. And yet somehow, the Democrats... Their position is we can't do anything to Social Security. So the Democrats are the ones who actually want to hurt seniors by doing nothing with Social Security. And they're using it as a political cudgel, a weapon, a cudgel, you know, to divide Americans and build support for their political agenda, yada, yada, yada. Now, this debt ceiling debate's going on, and I'm very concerned. I've got to be honest. I'm very, very concerned that McCarthy is getting wobbly need. Now, history tells us that these Republicans always cave to the left, always cave to the Democrats every single time. And it's astonishing because they could probably win. Well, they will. But they could actually. Let me put it this way. The, The Democrats are claiming that. Republicans won't present a plan, which isn't true, because last Wednesday, They actually voted and passed their plan. So you're being lied to. Chuck Schumer and these people are out there saying, saying that Republicans won't come to the table. Republicans won't show the plan. They passed, they, they passed it. They passed legislation. So that's a lie. But they're saying that, that Republicans are trying to cut social security benefits with their plan. By law, social security must be paid. So even if, I guess my point is, that, that's, a, that's, that's not a non-issue in the budget. By law, you have to keep paying Social Security benefits. So that's not on the table, legally even. But they're lying and saying that's going to happen. Uh, where is this? Hmm. Anyway, okay. I, yeah, I just want to go through this. So, so the so Republicans passed their bill. 
And, and this bill, honestly, the ones the Republicans passed, it's so weak. They asked for basically nothing. It, honest, as a conservative, this is pathetic. This is a pathetic, weak bill. And this is what I don't, I don't get about Republicans now. They just don't understand politics, apparently, and tactics. You ask for everything to then sit down at the table and appear like you're compromising. But Republicans, they never ask for anything. They start at the lowest possible negotiation. It's like if I am negotiating a new salary, let's say, let's say I'm making $100,000 a year. And I sit down and I say, hey, I want $102,000. I want a $2,000 raise. And they come back and say, nah, we'll give you like, how about $1,000? It's crappy. No, you sit down and you say, look, I've been doing all this work, yada, yada, yada. Here's my talking points. Here's my data. I want 120000 a year raise. No, we can't do that possibly. Well, what can you do? 110. Nope, 110 is not enough. I just talked to you. Can you do 118? No, oh, that's too much. You, that, this is, I mean, it's just, it's, it's so simple. How do these people not know how to negotiate? And I get they're dealing with the media and everything else, but the media is not going to change. The media is going to give the, the expected talking points. They're going to attack them no matter what. So trying to make the, the media talk favorably about you, they're, they're going to destroy you no matter what you do. So eliminate that. Get rid of the noise. Here, here's, here's what's in the Republican plan. This is so pathetic. Pathetic, I got to say. So they, they agreed to either suspend or increase the borrowing limit by $1.5 trillion. Whatever happens first, right? So they're, they're allowing up to $1.5 trillion in additional borrowing. So it claws back unspent COVID-19 funds. Well, there's like $100 billion or something like that out there that was earmarked for COVID relief. COVID's been declared over. And so that's a no-brainer. Give us the $100 billion back. You don't need it to spend on COVID anymore. Oh, wow. How ex- These extreme Republicans, Captain. Aren't they extreme? Impose tougher work requirements for recipients of food stamps and other government aid. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You actually ask people on welfare to work. You actually impose requirements on people that are sucking at the teat of the American taxpayer. I mean, here's an example. Participating in 80 hours per month in employment or community service. Otherwise, states could remove these enrollees from the safety net program. Well, you're getting subsidized by the American taxpayer, by Uncle Sam. It seems reasonable that you would be required to actually work or have some fulfill some kind of requirements to get that money. It's not just a freebie, especially when welfare, the goal should be to get you off welfare. But of course, our, our program and system is designed to keep people on welfare. That's the whole problem with our welfare. It's not a safety net. It's a modern form of slavery. What else? Halt Biden's plan to forgive up to 20,000 in student loans. Well, it's unconstitutional anyway. The Supreme Court, if it went there, is going to strike it down. So they're just going ahead and putting it in there saying, Joe Biden's not going to forgive it. Well, he can't forgive it, and it's not going to happen anyway. So they're asking Joe Biden to agree to something that he can't do anyway. What a stupid thing. I mean, that's fine. It's virtue signaling. Pathetic. And many of the landmark renewable energy tax breaks Biden signed into law last year. I mean, this is so weak. Obviously, they're trying to incentivize people to buy electric vehicles because it's unaffordable. So they're giving them tax breaks and so on and so forth, rebates and everything else, just like they did with solar panels in California in the past. But this is nothing. How does this address the fact that Joe Biden is using the EPA to make automobiles that use gasoline, you know, everything that all of us drive right now, they're making those illegal in 2035. That's what he's doing with the EPA. California is going to ban by 2035 or 2036 trucks. I, I mean, this is so pathetic by the Republicans. This is what they asked for. 
And my point is, you're going to get slammed in the media no matter what. And they are. They ask for basically nothing. This is pathetic, like I said. And they're getting, and the, and the Democratic Party in the media is telling Democrats and people who watch CNN that Republicans are holding old people hostage. That they're horrible people, that this, this, basically they're killing people with their death. And, and I just told you how pathetic it is. So why would you not ask for everything? Why would you not come and ask for things that were actually going to make a, a significant difference in the country rather than this virtue signaling bill that is weak and floppy and then still get destroyed? Because the treatment doesn't change. <laughs> I mean, the GOP proposal, it's going to slash the federal budget back to levels adopted in the 2022 fiscal year. I think it slashes spending by something like 8%. 8%, 31 trillion in debt. And the Republicans are saying, we'll let you go to 32.5 trillion. This doesn't, this, my point, this does nothing to address the crisis in America financially, fiscally. And still, the Democrats are lying through their teeth and attacking. I mean, it's just, Where are people with courage? Where are they? I'm looking. Where are they? I can't find them. And McCarthy was doing such a good job for a while. And I'm hopeful he will get his feet back under him. But I heard him, Captain, in some clip the other day. Today, actually. I don't know when he said it. It was recent. That was what was conveyed to me. He's now supporting aid to Ukraine. He's talking about it like it's important. So this guy just seems to be caving. Caving. (sighs) Man, oh man, oh man. When are people going to learn? There's nothing wrong with evil people hating you. It's a badge of honor. Wear it. I do. I do. Okay, before I close out with um, this attack on the Supreme Court, queue up cut six, Captain. I'm going to cut this short, too. What's that event called? What was he at? Trump didn't go to one. They didn't have it. What's this thing called? It's the press dinner? Yeah, whatever, this, this... dinner yeah yeah but the you know some name for it i forget because i don't pay attention anymore it's kind of like the oscars i don't watch i don't why anyway you know he's he's doing the thing here where they go and like salivate over each other and kiss each other on the lips and pat themselves on the back it's like a slobber fest for the elites they laugh at I, 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 whatever it's so pathetic anyway so this is this is joe biden just a little bit of his speech Talking, I mean, this. Sorry, just, it was White House Correspondents Dinner. Oh, there we go. The White House Correspondents Dinner. That's right. The White House Propaganda Dinner. Where all the, uh, the, 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 the Goebbels get together and pretend like they're worth a darn. Well, I'll just let him speak for himself. Play this cut of Joe Biden because he's a liar. Go ahead, Captain. Let me start at a serious note. Jill, Kamala, Doug, and I, and members of our administration, are here to send a message to the country and, quite frankly, to the world. The free press is a pillar, maybe the pillar, of free society, not the enemy. Thomas Jefferson wrote... Wow. Wow, he's gonna then he's gonna quote one of those white founding father racists. I thought that they hated those guys. Anyway, so Joe Biden there talking about how he values the free press. This is the guy that coordinated with the FBI and uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken, who somehow still has a job despite leading the effort to organize 51 intelligence former officials and whatever else to 
lie and say that the Hunter Biden laptop story was Russian disinformation. He values a free press. Joe Biden and the administration values a free press. The people who promote censorship. Now think about this clown. Joe Biden just talks about how he values a free press and how it's whatever, you know, the background of our republic. And then play cut seven. This is also Joe Biden. Vaccinated the nation, transformed the economy, earned historic legislative victories and midterm results, but the job isn't finished. I mean, it is finished for Tucker Carlson. (laughs) What do you moan about like that? Like, you think that's not reasonable? Give me a break. Just give me a break. Look. So you have a guy that says, well, you know, before I start telling jokes, and he's not funny. What a loser. But you have a guy who says how important the free press is, and then you have him make fun of Tucker Carlson, celebrating the fact that Tucker Carlson's not on the air anymore at Fox News and saying that that's reasonable. That's the real Joe Biden. Everything they say, they're they're just so full of crap. So full of crap, all of them. So anyway, nobody watched that. That that, that had as many viewers as uh, The View, probably. All right. I want to talk about what they're doing to the Supreme Court. Because the Democrats like to talk about how MAGA or Trump or Republicans are a threat to democracy. Obviously, that's not true. The reality is it's the Democratic Party that is a threat to all of our institutions. The FBI is corrupt. The CIA is corrupt. The EPA is corrupt. The president of the United States is corrupt. Eric Swalwell slept with a Chinese spy. The list goes on and on and on. Their corruption is in our faces every single day. They are the ones who don't have any legitimacy. They're the ones who interfered in the 2020 election. They're the ones who suppressed a damaging story to Joe Biden to help propel him into the White House. And they have the audacity to go after the Supreme Court and label them illegitimate. They've been doing this for a long time. Now, I started to point out a couple weeks ago, I predicted this. I said that these attacks against Clarence Thomas are not going to be the end. There's a bigger scheme to this. And I was right. They've gone out. They've gone after now Clarence Thomas. They've gone after Neil Gorsuch. They've gone after one other too. But they're going after these Supreme Court justices. And I told you these justices have committed no crimes whatsoever. And yet the Democratic Party is pushing out these stories presenting them as if some wrongdoing was committed when they obeyed the law. Now, the latest article that I read was in the New York Times, for example, today. And the headline is how Scalia Law School became a key friend of the court. George Mason University's law school cultivated ties to justices with the generous pay and unusual perks. In turn, it gained prestige, donations, and influence. Now, I just want to stop there. The New York Times is trying to suggest that justices having associations with a university or law schools is weird. They're getting paid to teach there in the summer or something like that is irregular. That these are unusual perks. That somehow it's bad or unethical that George Mason University's law school would gain prestige and donations and influence. 
by having an association with Supreme Court justices. They're not concerned about that. They're concerned that it's conservative justices, that it's originalist justices. The Democrats can control all of academia. And there's one law school in the entire country that proudly associates itself with these originalist justices. And the New York Times wants to smear them. So the, the New York Times goes on and says, the documents show how Scalia Law... Well, let me, let me go back. Since the rebranding, because George Mason University's law school became was renamed Scalia Law School, I think in 2015 or 16. But it says, since the rebranding, a law school has developed an unusually expansive relationship with the justices of the high court, welcoming them as teachers, but also as lecturers and special guests at school events. What the New York Times is doing is, it's kind of, it's kind of amazing that this even works. But it's like me describing the weather, you know, uh, the sun was out today and there were dogs walking and dogs barking on my walk and the trash people were coming by to pick up the trash. I mean, you're literally explaining the most mundane, unexciting aspect of Supreme Court justices. But somehow it's being presented and gobbled up in a way that's supposed to shock you. Now, I just want to read a couple articles here. Ruth Bader Ginsburg created close ties with University of Hawaii Law School, September 22nd, 2020. A, uh, the University of Hawaii at Manoa, William S. Richardson Law, School of Law, feels closely connected to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the legendary U.S. Supreme Court justice who died at the age of 87. Throughout her career, Justice Ginsburg enjoyed three extended visits to the UH Law School, where she taught classes and met with students, faculty, members of the community. But now, the New York Times is trying to suggest that, well, the fact that there are conservative justices that have a relationship with George Mason University, that this is unusual. These perks are unusual. One more. If I have it. Um, hang tight. Oh, yeah, yeah, here we go. Here we go. This is from June 7th, 2013. You know, Captain, turn your mic on. Yes, sir. Come on, come in here. I I need to understand if I'm explaining, making my point here. I I don't know that I am. I I guess, look. The the, the left is trying to delegitimize the Supreme Court by writing these stories about the conservative justices on the court living their lives, right? And it's being presented in such a way that it's supposed to be shocking or irregular in some way. Am I clear? Yes, sir. You see this happening with him, right? So they're going, they're saying, oh, you know, this person had a billionaire friend and went on vacation in the case of Clarence Thomas and so on and so forth. The New York Times is saying, oh, these these conservative justices have a relationship with, with this university, And unusual perks. And I'm trying to say, by going back, I don't know how else to combat this, this stupidity, to be honest, but it's, it's, here's the June 7th, 2013 article, teaching stint, book advanced travel among justices perks. A Mediterranean island teaching stint, a nearly $2 million book advance and trips around the world to judge architecture were among the side benefits enjoyed by the nine U.S. Supreme Court justices last year. Justice Sonia Sotomayor, reported more non-investment income than any other member of the court in 2012, thanks to a $1.925 million advance from this publishing group for her memoir, My Beloved World. That was on top of the $1.175 million she received for the book in 2010, bringing the total income for telling her life story to more than $3 million so far. So Sotomayor earned $3 million uh, for this book, for telling her story by 2013. Um, Justice Stephen Breyer served as a juror for the Pritzker Architecture Prize last year, and the role took him all over the world. Breyer reported being reimbursed for trips to England, China, Mozambique, and South Africa by Pritzker, or its sponsor, the Hyatt Foundation. 
Breyer also reported being sent to The Hague in the Netherlands, Cambridge in Britain, and Paris and Marseille in France by private groups for various programs and conferences. Ginsburg also reported receiving $15,819 for a two-day guest lecture at Yale University in October. So my point is, go ahead, Captain. Obviously, it is normal operation for the justices to do different things like that outside their duties and be able to get paid. It is not something that is done by one or two. It's actually done by all nine. And historically, it has been done uh, for a long time. It only becomes an issue because we're talking about three conservatives, three or four conservative justices. Yes. And the danger here, too, the, the legislative, we have three branches of government for the libs out there, right? Executive, judicial, judiciary, and we have the legislative branch, right? Congress, Supreme Court, president, and they're separate but equal branches. And what we have now is Congress, the legislative branch, treating the Supreme Court like it's an inferior branch that is under their jurisdiction. That's what's happening here. It's a violation of the Constitution. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to call these Supreme Court justices before Congress to answer for non-crimes because they want a dog and pony show. They want another circus. They want another show trial by which they can feed the American people this sense of guilt just by virtue of forcing them to sit there and answer questions, which they don't have to do. And the, the, the nine justices have unanimously sent a letter saying, F you, F you. So here's the statement from them. Testimony before the Senate Judiciary Committee by the Chief Justice, that, because they've called Roberts. They want Roberts to answer for the stuff that I'm t I just read to you. Come in and answer about you teaching and getting paid and so on and so forth. <clears throat> so, all right, testimony before the Senate Judiciary Committee by the Chief Justice of the United States is exceedingly rare, as one might expect in light of separation of powers concerns and the importance of preserving judicial independence, Roberts said. The statement from the nine justices said that they wrote it to provide new clarity to the bar and to the public on how the justices address certain recurring issues and also seeks to dispel some common misconceptions. I mean, these justices on the, on the right, anyway, are getting death threats. Somebody tried to murder Kavanaugh and his family and got caught. And, and you can't point out that there's an illegal alien that just murdered a bunch of people. And yet these people's rhetoric is directly responsible for violating federal law by picketing outside justices' homes, getting these justices' addresses, only the conservative ones, mind you, published on the internet for all to see. And that's what's frightening. And the Democrats, I mean, my point is what happens to the country when you refuse to obey the laws that you don't like? That's where we're going, anarchy. And this is perhaps the most dangerous thing happening, right? In addition to everything else, the fact that they want to wipe out the Supreme Court and render them illegitimate. The illegitimate people in government are trying to deem the legitimate Supreme Court illegitimate. And they're setting the table once again for what? Packing the Supreme Court. That's where this is ultimately going, is to build momentum and support by saying, look, we've put out enough headlines in the news. You've been reading about it for a year, about how corrupt Gorsuch is, how corrupt uh, you know, Kavanaugh is, how corrupt Amy Comey Barrett. I mean, she'll be next. They're going to get go after every single one of these people. Right now, it's Roberts. Right now, it's Gorsuch. Right now, it is Clarence Thomas. And they're not going to stop. And they're just going to keep putting these things out there. It's the same thing they did with Trump. And look, and I'm saying it works. That's why you should be scared and concerned because look what they did to Trump. Trump has not done any of the things they accused him of. They were all hit jobs, smear jobs. And look at what happened. The country turned, at least, well, many, but the Democrat Party is, has violent hatred towards Trump. And now they're going to turn that and weaponize that same strategy against the Supreme Court. So they did it to the executive branch already. They tried to delegitimize Trump's presidency. Hillary Clinton, he's an illegitimate president. 
And now you've got them doing the same hack job on the Supreme Court. And if you're worried about your democracy, if you're worried about the Republic and you want to protect it, well, you better be looking at the Democratic Party because they're the ones that have an axe and they are cutting down the tree of liberty every single day. And it's so obvious. And this is, this is really a concern to me. And we'll keep covering it here. But just put it on your radar. Put it on your radar. All right. Well, hey, me and Captain, we're going to be back tomorrow, right, Captain? Okay, so look, let me just put it this way. Okay, firstly, if you're still with me, and you better be, you better be still be with me. This has been a, a heck of a show. I need the favor. I need, I don't, I need the favor. So I got, I, my podcast is on Apple, Spotify, everywhere, right? And I got, I got two shows somehow uploaded to Apple. I don't know why. I can't get rid of one of them, but you know, one of them has 20 reviews. One has no reviews, I, whatever. My point is I've got little trolls on Twitter. They're libs and they're going after my podcast and they want to give it one star, whatever reviews. And if you listen and you've been listening, take 30 seconds, if you don't mind, and rate the show. Give it five stars, whatever. Bolster it from this bull crap because it's going on. Uh, secondarily, so the show right now, Monday, Tuesday, we're doing it. Pretty much that's what you can expect right now, Monday, Tuesday. Uh, and you know, you can find this show and everything else on Ram TV as well. All right. Um, I think that's it for now. I just want to give you a brief update there and we'll be back tomorrow to discuss a lot. Hunter Biden, hopefully he's getting arrested. We'll talk about that and more tomorrow, but this is Drew Allen, your millennial minister of truth. God bless you all. And until next time tomorrow. Talk to my friend Drew Allen. I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew, Drew Allen. Allen. As Drew Die Allen. Hard conservative. I look to this guy for wisdom.